0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Pirelli Martin dropping in briefly to talk about knowing our Father God, knowing God as our Abba Father, meaning Father. Do you know God as your Father? What is your perception of God? Because our perception of God will determine how we relate to God. We're getting ready to get into this in one second, in one moment, but before we do, you guys already know what we're going to do. First thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for joining us, for being in the midst of us, for we assemble ourselves together, Lord, in honor of you, in recognition of you, to worship you, to adore you, to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory, to repent before you, Father, Well, everything in our lives is contrary to who you are, to how you are, to your will, to your way, to your will. Father, we say that we repent and we're sorry. For Godly sorrow our work repentance unto salvation. Father, so open our ears to hear what the Spirit of the living God has to say to us. Father, anoint my lips of clay so I can say what you would have me to say. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So I, I'm going to jump in quickly here. I'm not going to be before you that long. At least I don't think. I don't know if it's really... Whatever the Lord says, right? I just want the Lord's will to be done. Um, give me one second, one minute, one moment. I'm on my, um, I'm on uh, my podcast. Also, so give me one second. And you guys, make sure that you subscribe, uh, support my podcast. Hit that support button. Um, you guys, uh, visit my website for a nonprofit and donate to us. It's, WeCare1966.us. Um, help us uh, so we can help others uh, in our community outreach missions, street missions. Um, we want to feed the homeless. Uh, me, it's, it's cold. It's cold today, so we want to be able to to help our neighbors because our neighbors are those uh, that are in our sphere of influence. One moment, one second, one minute. I had my, um, I had all my notes here. I'm looking for them now. Give me one second. How many of you know that um, the Bible tells us and teaches us that those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God? That we are the sons of God, and the way that we know that we are the sons of God is because His Spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know this. That we are his children. How I many of you know that? That God's spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. Romans 8 and 15 M.L.T. says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you, you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Lord have mercy, Jesus. That is so powerful. Did you hear what it says? That you received God's spirit when he adopted you. Do you know uh, the importance of being adopted? Because when we are adopted, that means that God chose us on purpose. We've been chosen on purpose. When someone adopts you, Lord, our mercy, Jesus, they chose me on purpose. They chose you on purpose. How many of you know that you're not an afterthought? That you are a God ideal. That before the foundations of the world, the Bible say that God knew you. He, uh, I don't know about you, but I want to know what God knows. God knew you. Before he knitted us together in our mother's womb, the word of God teaches us that. God knew us. Now, um, it wasn't that we first loved God, but it was because God first loved us. And he proved his love to us. The Bible says that when we were yet sinners, the way he proved his love to us is that he he died for us when we were yet sinners. In other words, it had nothing to do with how good I was, but it was all about how good our father is, how good God is. God is good. That's not just a religious logo or religious slang, but God really is good. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Jesus said to them, he said, why do you call me good? He said, there's none good but the Father. And I like to say anything about me that you see is good. is all because of my God who's so very, very good. But here it is. I want to, I'm trying to stick with this, how we were adopted. I want you to know that you are, have been adopted um, you are accepted by the beloved. You are, God is your father if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you guys have accepted Jesus Christ. The word of God said, He who shall should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died and he rose, um, that we shall be saved. It's with our uh, mouth that we confess, but it's with our heart that we believe unto salvation. So I pray, read Romans 10, 9, and 10 and accept the Lord Jesus Christ today. Say, Lord, save me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But anyway, it was God adopted us. And, um, and as his own children, now we call him. As a child of God, we call God our Father. Right? Isn't that why we call our, our biological parents mom and dad? Because we came out of them. We were born out of them. We came through them. And when we get born again, we were born again uh, by the Spirit, and we came out of Him. Now we are, uh, have been adopted. We are sons of God. We are children of God. Uh, even uh, Psalms, I think it's 82.5, said that we are God's. Um, Small G, not the God, but we are God. Psalms 82 and 6 says, I said you are God's and all of you are children of the highest. Why is he saying that we're God's? The reason he's saying we're God's is because we're children of God. We're not the God. This is a small G. Read it. Psalms 82, 6. Because when God is your father, you're children of God or sons of God or daughters of God. Right? So this is what that's saying. So God being our Father, do you know him as your Abba Father? I'm trying to get us to see, uh, 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 change our perception of who he is and how he is. And he's not the man upstairs. And everything that Jesus Christ did, it's already finished. It's already done. We have to quit seeing ourselves as trying to get God to do something. Okay? It's already finished and it's already done. We have to believe that is already finished and it's already done is it's past tense, okay? We're not trying to get him to do anything. Jesus Christ is not coming back down again until this time. But he's not coming to do again what he's already done. He said it's finished. The work has been finished. Now we, by faith, have to walk in what he's already done. It's not having faith in our faith. It's having faith in what God said. So it's so important that we spend time in the word of God because We can't have faith in God without uh, spending time with God. Uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can know God and not have faith in God. Um, So what are you saying? Have faith in God is to believe in what he says. Okay. So that comes out of relationship, relationship, relationship. I'm trying to change your perception of who God is, because if we see him as God being up here and we being down here, it's going to be hard for us to receive anything from him because we're going to see ourselves separate and apart from him. But second Corinthians five and 16 uh, 17 tells us if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look, see, that's what that word means. All things have become new. I'm going to see if I can stick with this scripture here. Let me go back and see if I can finish it. Romans 8.15. We're going to move on down to Romans 8 and 16. This is the N-O-T. It says, um, let me go on and do it again. Romans 8.15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. I, you know, or sl- to, uh, fearful slaves. In other words, God has not given us. The spirit that God gave us, 2 Timothy 5.17. The spirit that God gives us is not a spirit of fear, and we have to begin to see it as fear, because fear causes torment, and fear holds us captive. It holds us in bondage, right? Well, God has not given us a; we have not received a spirit that makes us a fearful enslaved. Okay, that spirit of fear does not come from our Father, but God has given us; He has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Instead. When we got born again, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive God's spirit. The spirit we have is God's spirit. And how many know 2 Corinthians um, tells us if uh, uh, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That means His, the spirit of the living God is living on the inside of us. See, we're not calling God down. God is in us. As born-again believers... I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to sit here for a second, for a minute, for a moment, because it's so important that we get that revelation that God is not just for me and God is not just for us, but the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. And he says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? He tells us right here, he says, instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. This is why we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joined with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. King James says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit lets me... That's why people know when they're saved. If you got saved for real, can't no devil in hell talk you out of it. Because why is this? Because his spirit, the Holy Spirit... Bears witness with your spirit to say, yes, you are my child. You are my child. His spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. And verse 17 says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his sufferings. (laughs) So we need to arm ourselves likewise. We're going to suffer persecution like Christ suffered persecution, false persecution. You know, some people have literally lost their lives in different countries for not uh, for, for confessing Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and they wouldn't denounce him. But arm yourself, likewise. As He is, so are we, because we have the same spirit. Let me explain this to you. Devils don't die, right? So, what does that mean? So, what I'm saying is, those same devils that was here doing when Jesus was on the earth, they're still here. Those same demons, they're still here on the earth, and they're going to be here until the end times, till they are locked up into the lake of fire. So, um, but greater is he that's in us than the spirit of the Antichrist, which is the spirit that's against Christ, That's in the world. The spirit of the world is against Christ. This is why he tells us in first John, love not the world, nor the things of the world. Because if you love the world, then the love of God is not in us. Why is this? What is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are also the three temptations of Jesus Christ. These are three three temptations that he had to encounter and overcome. He overcame when he was in the garden um, being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights after, after, uh, after he came out of his fast. It was the, the lust of the flesh, he was hungry. The lust of the eyes, the devil took them up on the mountain and said, look, see, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. And then the pride of life. The pride of life always try to get us to try to prove ourselves. If you be the son of God, it always try to, the devil will always try to get you to question your identity. That's the pride of life. I real. Mean, you, know, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. God knows your name. He knows exactly who you are and whose you are. You don't have to prove anything. Jesus knew who he was. He said, but you should." it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. You can't test me. I already know who I am. And when you know who you are, you don't have to tell anybody who you are. They'll know who you are. <laughs> so a lot of times we speak about generational curses. But as born-again believers, it tells us right up here in um, 17 that we are heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus because when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we became entitled to everything that Jesus became entitled to. We are King's kids. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance. So I like to tell people, just because you might not have it in your physical hands, don't mean you ain't got it because our our father, our Abba father, he will get whatever, he will supply our every need. Whatever it is that we need for the journey, he said, you don't have to take no coat, no shoes, no cor- no nothing. God will supply you with what you need for the journey he has assigned you to. Don't that just make sense? And a lot of times, don't confuse what you need with what you want because you might not have everything that you want, but I promise you, you got everything that you need. Right. Our goal is to continue seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he has promised to add all these natural things unto us. He said, look, I clothe the lilies of the field. I feed the birds of the air. Don't you know? In other words, I think more highly of you than these natural things. What an honor and a privilege out of all of God's creation that he would put his spirit on the inside of us. I don't know about you, but I could, we are wonderfully and marvelously made. We are made in His image, in His very own likeness. Created in His image and His likeness. We are three-part beings just like He is. Spirit, soul, body, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What an honor and a privilege. And that's how I feel whenever the Lord gives me an opportunity to be a blessing to anyone. I think, oh my God, what an honor and a privilege to be able to serve the people that you so dearly love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. Son. How many of you know that in this hour, some people are not going to come because of the Bible verses that you know, or the fact that you even want to pray with them. Some of these people, you're actually going to have to buy stuff for them. You're going to have to actually, you know, the Lord told me today, he said, I'm, as long the more you, as long as you give, you'll never be without. As you get the more you give, the less you'll need. <laughs> the more you give, the less you'll need. The more you give, when you give, you won't have no wants. <laughs> some people aren't. Some people are not. They're not going to be one with the word. They're going to need. We're going to have some signs and some wonders following this word. Because they they are familiar with that religious spirit, they they've heard the sermons, they know the Bible verses. Um, but faith without works is dead. We're actually going to have to show these people the goodness of God, the love of God, the uh, the kindness of God through acts of kindness. We're literally going to have to put some feet to our faith and do actually do what the Word of God say. Now that we finish. Preaching it now that we've finished teaching it, now we have to go out into the world and we have to do exactly what he says. A lot of times, people we don't, we're saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. I like to tell people the Lord has really been having me on this lately. Um, Do what Jesus did. (laughs) Jesus didn't just teach the word, he didn't just preach the word, but he fed the multitude. You, You see what I'm saying? He ministered and catered to the physical needs of the people. He did not send the people away hungry. He did not. He fed the multitude when they followed him. He cooked the fish for his disciples. He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. So my prayer is that we have the heart of a servant and that uh, we become disciples more and more like him. As we grow into the knowledge of who he is. Um, But again, I was talking about a lot of times we speak about generational curses, but as born again believers, we're heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus. So never see yourself as poor. Never speak lack because just because you don't have it, when you need it, your father will see that you get it. Okay. He'll, he'll see that, but see the, the, uh, the provisions of God are in the will of God. So a lot of times we don't have the things that we think we need or the things that we think we want is because you're not. If we're not doing anything, what do we need it for? If we don't have a million dollar vision, what do we need a million dollars for? Okay. So um, let's uh, write out the vision and make it plain, and let's just start being about the uh, Father's business. Um, let's do what Jesus did. We're, no one is exempt from do, from serving. Doesn't matter which title is. Doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. I've been saved now for like 31 years. It does not matter. It, no one is exempt from doing the works of Jesus. What was the works of Jesus? It wasn't just casting out devils and laying hands on the sick. He was washing their feet. He, that, he was being humble. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Humility. Promotion comes from the Lord. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that are humble. Despise not the days of small beginning. Because everything starts with a seed before it grows into a big, big tree. Okay. So, um, so now as children of God, uh, we become sons of God with heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. Psalms 82 and six says you are God. I'm trying to get you to see the relationship, um, that we have with our Abba father, um, as our Abba Father, he corrects us when we're wrong so we can be holy like him. For God has said, be ye holy for I am holy. Um, holiness is our lifestyle. It's not our dress. It's not our clothes style. <laughs> it's not our shoe size, our clothes size. Um, but holiness is our lifestyle. Be ye holy as I am holy, says the Lord. He's talking about a lifestyle. He's not talking about long dresses, no makeup. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about our lifestyle to be holy. Okay. Um, so sanctification is a process. But as we begin to renew our mind, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God be not conformed, but be ye transformed. The word of God will transform and change our lives if we do it. Knowing the word is not enough. We actually have to act on the word. So make sure you get with a good teaching charge. uh, Because teachers, can they know how to impart, tell you how to do. Because sometimes, a lot of times, we can know a lot of Bible verses and not know how to do it. Um, But where do we start? Do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. uh, Visit those that are sick. Pray for those. It's a lot of different ways to do it. But again, what does that look like to me? What does that look like to you? What does feeding the hungry look like to you? It may not be opening a food pantry, but it may be buying groceries for your next door neighbor or uh, buying someone something to eat or taking someone you don't know out to eat. Or, you know, and there are so many ways to do it now too. You know, you can order the food online and have it sent to their front door. There's a lot of, and I'm not just talking about people you do know, because the Bible say even sinners can do that, right? Even sinners can love someone that loved them. But I'm talking about, Jesus said, the way you'll know my disciples is by the love that they have. How many of you know that when you love people, you don't have to know someone to love someone? The love of God, it will compel you. That will be your motive. That will be your motivation. He said, whatever we do in word or deed, to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we're going on. Job 5, 17 says, Behold, how happy is the man who God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of, of the Almighty. Now, um, the Lord, he testifies those that are his, right? He testifies. That's how we know that that's our father. We understand that as children or parents, that the reason we chastise our children is so we can train them. To, when you chastise or correct or rebuke, is to train their wrong, Is to take that wrong behavior so you can turn it into the right way. Okay. A, a correction, and this is meant to train us uh, in the way of righteousness. That's what the Word of God is designed to do. And then sometimes there's a sharp rebuke. And sometimes not all rebukes and correction will be the same because it's it's, uh, dependent upon the condition of a person's heart. Go back and read the parable of the sower. We had the the wayside, the the, uh, thorny side, um, we had the good side, the good ground, we had the, the seed that fell on top of the soil, right? Um... Those are different types of hearts. If you read in that, in that parable, you're going to find if one of your... You're going to fit in there. Jesus was talking about our heart. Our heart is like a fresh pot of soil. And the Word of God is the seed. Um, the parable of the sower talks about that. And so when we hear the Word, the Bible say that... Um, I think it's the wayside soil. They hear the word, but they only endure for a short amount of time because of the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And that's what, and then Satan comes immediately after the seed is and he steals the word. Go back and listen to my podcast. I did a podcast on what is it that the devil wants. We really need to know what the devil wants because... Um, he is our adversary. Jesus said be, so, be a, a sober and be alert because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking whom he can devour. We need to know the strategy of our enemy because when we understand what he wants, then we'll know what we need to be guarded on. He, he, don't care. he don't want your money, he don't want your marriage. If he can steal your faith, he can get your money and your marriage because faith is something hoped for. So if the devil can steal our faith, he's still our hope. And without hope, you can't have faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you see a hopeless person, I like to ask them, you're feeling hopeless because if we don't know what the Word of God says about our situation or circumstance, we're going to feel hopeless because we don't have a promise. Because real, for real, um, the Word for every problem, God really does have a promise. So in order to have a relationship with God, we have to uh, spend time in the Word of God because God and his word is one, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among men, right? God and his word is one. So when we don't have time for the word, what we're saying is we don't have time for God. What we're saying is, God, Father, I don't have time for you. But the, the, the provisions of God are in the will of God. So if you want to see the provisions of God in your life, I dare you to get in the will of God. He will give you whatever it is you need for the journey. Start doing what Jesus did. Jesus, he fed the hungry. Uh, He didn't just uh, minister to their natural need. We have to go beyond the preaching and the teaching. I I like to say, don't teach it if you're not gonna live it because then that's gonna make you a hypocrite, right? Um, Because the devil is coming. Even now, all this stuff that I'm telling you, the devil is coming. Immediately after the seed is sown, Satan is coming to steal the word. That's what he wants. The word of God is our weapon of warfare against the devil. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? So we're not fighting a natural fight. We're fighting a spiritual battle. So I like to say we're in a word war. So it's so important that we arm ourselves with the word of God. Because when we don't know the word, it's like being in a war without a weapon. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, our father disciplines us for a short time as as the uh, as he thought best. But God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastises every son he receives. So endure suffering as uh, um, disciples. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father. If you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate children and not true, uh, true sons. Um, King James I believe it says God disciplines, chastises those that he loves and those who are without chastisement are bastards, they're none of his so um, correction comes uh, to train us, correction comes to protect us from the evil one, isn't that why you correct your kids because you're trying to guide them in the right way Um, God is not correcting us because he hates us, God is correcting us because he so loves us (laughs) Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Burley Martin dropping in briefly to talk about knowing our Father God, knowing God as our Abba Father, meaning Father. Do you know God as your Father? What is your perception of God? Because our perception of God will determine how we relate to God. We're getting ready to get into this in one second, in one moment, but before we do, you guys already know what we're going to do. First thing we're going to do is we're going to pray, Father God. We just thank you for joining us, for being in the midst of us, where we assemble ourselves together, Lord, in honor of you, in recognition of you, to worship you, to adore you, to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory, to repent before you, Father. Well, everything in our lives is contrary to who you are, to how you are, to your will, to your way, to your will. Father, we say that we repent and we're sorry. For Godly sorrow our work of repentance unto salvation. Father, so open our ears to hear what the Spirit of the living God has to say to us. Father, anoint my lips of clay so I can say what you would have me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I, I'm going to jump in quickly here. I'm not going to be before you that long. At least I don't think. I don't know if it's really whatever the Lord says, right? I just want the Lord's will to be done. Um, give me one second, one minute, one moment. I'm on my, um, I'm on, um, my podcast. Also. So Give me one second. And you guys make sure that you subscribe, uh, support my podcast, hit that support button. Um, you guys, uh, visit my website for our nonprofit and donate to us. It's WeCare1966.us. Um, help us uh, so we can help others uh, in our community outreach missions, street missions. Um, we want to feed the homeless. Uh, it's, getting, it's, it's cold. It's cold today, so we want to be able to to help our neighbors because our neighbors are those uh, that are in our sphere of influence. One moment, one second, one minute. I had my, um, I had all my notes here. I'm looking for now. one second. How many of you know that um, the Bible tells us and teaches us that those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, that we are the sons of God, and the way that we know that we are the sons of God is because His Spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know this that we are his children. How many of you know that? That God's spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. Romans 8 and 15 NLT says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you, you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, Lord have mercy Jesus. That is so powerful. Did you hear what it says? That you received God's spirit when he adopted you. Do you know uh, the importance of being adopted? Because when we are adopted, that means that God chose us on purpose. We've been chosen on purpose. When someone adopts you, Lord, our mercy, Jesus, they chose me on purpose. They chose you on purpose. How many of you know that you're not an afterthought? That you are a God ideal. That before the foundations of the world, the Bible says that God knew you. He, uh, I don't know about you, but I want to know what God knows. God knew you. Before he knitted us together in our mother's womb, the word of God teaches us that. God knew us. Now, um, it wasn't that we first loved God, but it was because God first loved us. And he proved his love to us. The Bible said that when we were yet sinners, the way he proved his love to us is that he went, he died for us when we were yet sinners. In other words, it had nothing to do with how good I was, but it was all about how good our father is, how good God is. God is good. That's not just a religious logo or religious slang, but God really is good. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the father. Jesus said to them, he said, why do you call me good? He said, there's none good but the father. And I like to say anything about me that you see is good. is all because of my God, who's so very, very good. But here it is. I want to, I'm trying to stick with this, how we were adopted. I want you to know that you are, have been adopted Um, you are accepted by the beloved. God is your father if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you guys have accepted Jesus Christ. The word of God says, he who should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died and he rose, um, that we shall be saved. It's with our uh, mouth that we confess, but it's with our heart that we believe unto salvation. So I pray, read Romans 10, 9, and 10, and accept the Lord Jesus Christ today. Say, Lord, save me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But anyway, was God adopted us. And and as his own children, now we call him. As a child of God, we call God our Father, right? Isn't that why we call our, our biological parents mom and dad? Because we came out of them. We were born out of them. We came through them. And when we get born again, we were born again uh, by the Spirit, and we came out of him. Now we are uh, have been adopted. We are sons of God. We are children of God. Uh, even uh, Psalms, I think it's 82.5, said that we are gods. Um, small g, not the God, but we are gods. Psalms 82 and 6 says, I said you are gods, and all of you are children of the highest. Why is he saying that we're God's? The reason he's saying we're God's is because we're children of God. We're not the God. This is a small G. Read it, Psalms 82, 6. Because when God is your father, you're children of God or sons of God or daughters of God, right? So this is what that's saying. So, God being our Father, do you know Him as your Je- Abba Father? I'm trying to get us to see, uh, 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 change our perception of who He is and how He is. And He's not the man upstairs. And everything that Jesus Christ did it's already finished, it's already done. We have to quit seeing ourselves as trying to get God to do something, okay? It's already finished and it's already done. We have to believe that is already finished and it's already done is it's past tense, okay? We're not trying to get him to do anything. Jesus Christ is not coming back down again until it's time. But he's not coming to do again what he's already done. He said it's finished. The work has been finished. Now we, by faith, have to walk in what he's already done. It's not having faith in our faith. It's having faith in what God said. So it's so important that we spend time in the word of God because We can't have faith in God without uh, spending time with God. Uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can know God and not have faith in God. Um, So what are you saying? Have faith in God is to believe in what he says. Okay. So that comes out of relationship, relationship, relationship. I'm trying to change your perception of who God is, because if we see him as God being up here and we being down here, it's going to be hard for us to receive anything from him because we're going to see ourselves separate and apart from him. But second Corinthians five and 16, uh, 17 tells us if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look, see, that's what that word means. All things have become new. I'm going to see if I can stick with this scripture here. Let me go back and see if I can finish it. Romans 8.15. Romans, We're going to move on down to Romans 8 and 16. This is the N-O-T. It says, um, let me go and do it again. Romans 8.15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. You know, or uh, fearful slaves. In other words, God has not given us. The spirit that God gave us, 2 Timothy 5.17. The spirit that God gives us is not a spirit of fear and we have to begin to see it as fear because fear causes torment and fear holds us captive. It holds us in bondage, right? Well, God has not given us, we have not received a spirit that makes us a fearful enslaved, okay? That spirit of fear does not come from our father. But God has given us, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Instead, when we got born again, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive God's spirit. The spirit we have is God's spirit. And How many know 2 Corinthians um, tells us if uh, uh, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That means his, the spirit of the living God is living on the inside of us. See, we're not calling God down. God is in us. As born again believers, I'm going to stop. I'm going to sit here for a second, for a minute, for a moment, because it's so important that we get that revelation that God is not just for me and God is not just for us. But the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. And he says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? He tells us right here. He says, instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. This is why we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joined with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. King James says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit lets me. That's why people know when they're saved. If you got saved for real. Can't no devil in hell talk you out of it. Because why is this? Because his spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit to say, yes, you are my child. You are my child. His spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. And verse 17 says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his sufferings. <laughs> so we need to arm ourselves likewise. We're going to suffer persecution like Christ suffered persecution, false persecution. You know, some people have literally lost their lives in different countries for not, uh, for, for confessing Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and they wouldn't denounce him. But arm yourself likewise, as he is, so are we. Because we have the same spirit. Let me explain this to you. Devils don't die, right? So what does that mean? So what I'm saying is those same devils that was here doing when Jesus was on the earth, they're still here. Those same demons. They're still here on the earth. And they're going to be here until the end times, until they are locked up into the lake of fire. So, um, but greater is he that's in us Then the spirit of the Antichrist, which is the spirit that's against Christ, that's in the world. The spirit of the world is against Christ. This is why he tells us in first time, love not the world, nor the things of the world. Because if you love the world, then the love of God is not in us. Why is this? What is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are also the three temptations of Jesus Christ. These are the temptations, three temptations that he had to encounter and overcome. He overcame when he was in the garden um, being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights after, after, uh, after he came out of his fast. It was the, the lust of the flesh, he was hungry. The lust of the eyes, the devil took them up on the mountain and said, look, see, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. And then the pride of life. The pride of life always try to get us to try to prove ourselves. If you be the son of God, it always try to, the devil will always try to get you to question your identity. That's the pride of life. How many of you don't have to prove anything to anybody? God knows your name. He knows exactly who you are and whose you are. You don't have to prove anything. Jesus knew who he was. He said, but you sh- it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. You can't test me. I already know who I am. And when you know who you are, you don't have to tell anybody who you are. They'll know who you are. <laughs> so a lot of times we speak about generational curses. But as born-again believers, it tells us right up here in um, 17 that we are heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus because when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we became entitled to everything that Jesus became entitled to. We are king's kids. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance. So I like to tell people, just because you might not have it in your physical hands, don't mean you ain't got it because our our father, our Abba Father, he will get whatever, he will supply our every need. Whatever it is that we need for the journey, he said you don't have to take no coat, no shoes, no, cor- no nothing. God will supply you with what you need for the journey he has assigned you to. Don't that just make sense? And a lot of times, don't confuse what you need with what you want because you might not have everything that you want, but I promise you, you got everything that you need. Our goal is to continue seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he has promised to add all these natural things unto us. He said, look, I clothe the lilies of the field. I feed the birds of the air. Don't you know, in other words, I think more highly of you than these natural things. What an honor and a privilege out of all of God's creation that he would put his spirit on the inside of us. I don't know about you. But I could, we are wonderfully and marvelously made. We are made in His image, in His very own likeness. Created in His image, in His likeness. We are three-part beings just like He is. Spirit, soul, body, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What an honor and a privilege. And that's how I feel whenever the Lord gives me an opportunity to be a blessing to anyone I think, oh my God, what an honor and a privilege to be able to serve the people that you so dearly love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. How many of you know that in this hour, some people are not going to come because of the Bible verses that you know, or the fact that you even want to pray with them. Some of these people, you're actually going to have to buy stuff for them. You're going to have to actually, you know, the Lord told me today, he said, um. As long, the more you, as long as you give, you'll never be without. As you get, the more you give, the less you'll need. <laughs> the more you give, the less you'll need. The more you give, when you give, you won't have no wants. <laughs> some people aren't. Some people are not. They're not going to be one with the word. They're going to need. We're going to have to have some signs and some wonders following this word. Because they they are familiar with that religious spirit, they they've heard the sermons, they know the Bible verses. Um, but faith without works is dead. We're actually going to have to show these people the goodness of God, the love of God, the uh, the kindness of God through acts of kindness. We're literally going to have to put some feet to our faith and do actually do what the Word of God say. Now that we finish. Preaching it now that we've finished teaching it, now we have to go out into the world and we have to do exactly what he says. A lot of times, people we don't, we're saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. I like to tell people the Lord has really been having me on this lately. Um, do what Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus didn't just teach the word, he didn't just preach the word, but he fed the multitude. You, you see what I'm saying? He ministered and catered to the physical needs of the people. He did not send the people away hungry. He did not. He fed the multitude when they followed him. He cooked the fish for his disciples. He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. So my prayer is that we have the heart of a servant and that uh, we become disciples more and more like him as we grow into the knowledge of who he is. Um, But again, I was talking about a lot of times we speak about generational curses, but as born again believers, we're heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus. So never see yourself as poor. Never speak lack because just because you don't have it, when you need it, your father will see that you get it. Okay. He'll, he'll see that, but see the, the, uh, the provisions of God are in the will of God. So a lot of times we don't have the things that we think we need or the things that we think we want is because you're not, if we're not doing anything, what do we need it for? If we don't have a million dollar vision, what do we need a million dollars for? Okay. So, um, let's, uh, write out the vision and make it plain and let's just start being about the uh, father's business. Um, let's do what Jesus did where no one is exempt from doing, from serving. doesn't matter what your title is doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. I've been saved now for like 31 years. It does not matter. No one is exempt from doing the works of Jesus. What was the works of Jesus? It wasn't just casting out devils and laying hands on the sick. He was washing their feet. He was being humble. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Humility. But motion comes from the Lord. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that are humble. Despise not the days of small beginning. Because everything starts with a seed before it grows into a big, big tree. Okay? So um, so now, as children of God, uh, we become sons of God. with heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. Psalms 82 and 6 says, you are God. I'm trying to get you to see the relationship um, that we have with our Abba Father. Um, As our Abba Father, He corrects us when we're wrong so we can be holy like Him. For God has said, be ye holy for I am holy. Um, Holiness is our lifestyle. It's not our dress. It's not our clothes style. (laughs) It's not our shoe size, our clothes size. Um, But holiness is our lifestyle. Be ye holy as I am holy, says the Lord. He's talking about a lifestyle. He's not talking about long dresses, no makeup. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about our lifestyle, to be holy. Okay, um, so sanctification is a process. But as we begin to renew our mind, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be not come form, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you will know that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God Be not conformed, but be ye transformed. The word of God will transform and change our lives if we do it. Knowing the word is not enough. We actually have to act on the word. So make sure you get with a good teaching charge. uh, Because teachers, can they know how to impart, tell you how to do. Because sometimes, a lot of times, we can know a lot of Bible verses and not know how to do it. Um, But where do we start? Do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, uh, visit those that are sick, pray for those, it's a lot of different ways to do it. But again, what does that look like to me? What does that look like to you? What does feeding the hungry look like to you? It may not be opening a food pantry, but it may be buying groceries for your next door neighbor or uh, buying someone something to eat or taking someone you don't know out to eat or, you know, and there's so many ways to do it now, too. You know, you can order the food online. They have it sent to their front door. There's a lot of that. And I'm not just talking about people you do know, because the Bible say even sinners can do that, right? Even sinners can love someone that loved them. But I'm talking about, Jesus said, the way you'll know my disciples is by the love that they have. How many of you know that when you love people, you don't have to know someone to love someone? The love of God, it will compel you. That will be your motive. That will be your motivation. He said, whatever we do in word or deed, to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we're going on. Job 5, 17 says, Behold, how happy is the man who God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of of the Almighty. Now, um, the Lord, he chastised those that are his, right? He chastised. That's how we know that that's our father. We understand that as children or parents, that the reason we chastise our children is so we can train them. To, when you chastise or correct or rebuke, is to train their wrong, Is to take that wrong behavior so you can turn it into the right way. Okay. A, a correction, and this is meant to train us uh, in the way of righteousness. That's what the Word of God is designed to do. And then sometimes there's a sharp rebuke. And sometimes not all rebukes and correction will be the same because it's it's, uh, dependent upon the condition of a person's heart. Go back and read the parable of the sower. We had the the wayside, the the, uh, thorny side. um, We had the good side, the good ground. We had the, the seed that fell on top of the soil, right? Um... Those are different types of hearts. If you read in that, in that parable, you're going to find if one of your... You're going to fit in there. Jesus was talking about our heart. Our heart is like a fresh pot of soil, and the Word of God is the seed. Um, the parable of the sower talks about that. And so when we hear the Word, the Bible say that... Um, I think it's the wayside soil. They hear the word, but they only endure for a short amount of time because of the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And that's what, and then Satan comes immediately after the seed is only, he steals the word. Go back and listen to my podcast. I did a podcast on what is it that the devil wants. We really need to know what the devil wants because... Um, he is our adversary. Jesus said, "Be so, be a, a sober and be alert, because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking whom he can devour." We need to know the strategy of our enemy, because when we understand what he wants, then we'll know what we need to be guarded on. He, he don't He don't want your money. He don't want your marriage. If he can steal your faith, he can get your money and your marriage, because faith is something's hope for. So, if the devil can steal our faith, he steal our hope. And without hope, you can't have faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you see a hopeless person, I like to ask them, you're feeling hopeless because if we don't know what the Word of God says about our situation or circumstance, we're going to feel hopeless because we don't have a promise. Because real, for real, um, the word for every problem, God really does have a promise. So in order to have a relationship with God, we have to uh, spend time in the Word of God because God and his word is one, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh, and it dwelt among men, right? God and his word is one. So when we don't have time for the word, what we're saying is we don't have time for God. What we're saying is, God, Father, I don't have time for you. But the, the, the provisions of God are in the will of God. So if you want to see the provisions of God in your life, I dare you to get in the will of God. He will give you whatever it is you need for the journey. Start doing what Jesus did. Jesus, he fed the hungry. Uh, He didn't just uh, minister to their natural need. We have to go beyond the preaching and the teaching. I I like to say, don't teach it if you're not going to live it, because then that's going to make you a hypocrite, right? Um, Because the devil is coming. Even now, all this stuff that I'm telling you, the devil is coming. Immediately after the seed is sown, Satan is coming to steal the word. That's what he wants. The word of God is our weapon of warfare against the devil. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? So we're not fighting a natural fight. We're fighting a spiritual battle. So I like to say we're in a word war. So it's so important that we arm ourselves with the word of God. Because when we don't know the word, it's like being in a war without a weapon. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Our father disciplines us for a short time, as, as he uh, uh, thought best but God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastises every son he receives so endure suffering as uh, um, disciples God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father if you do not experience discipline like everyone else then you are illegitimate children and not true, uh, true sons Um, King James, I believe it says, God disciplines, chastises those that he loves. And those who are without chastisement are bastards. They're none of his. So um, correction comes uh, to train us. Correction comes to protect us from the evil one. Isn't that why you correct your kids? Because you're trying to guide them in the right way. Um, God is not correcting us because he hates us. God is correcting us because he so loves us.